How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. As always, so good to be with you. For those of you that just stumbled upon the podcast, welcome. Super glad that you're here and that you found us. Um, We are just a bunch of guys who are trying to figure out what it looks like to fall in love with Jesus personally and then to help our families do the same. So if that's you, if you resonate with that and uh, you are trying to stumble your way through spiritual leadership as well, we would love to get to know you and hang out with you. You can do that. You can hang out and be part of our little community by going to dadtired.com and clicking the community tab. And that will actually link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook with thousands of guys from around the world who are taking this stuff seriously. We would love to have you come be a part of that. Uh, also, we have a cruise coming up. Um, for those of you who've been listening for a long time, been part of the Dad Tired community, or maybe even for those of you that just stumbled upon the podcast today for the first time, if you're not already signed up for the cruise, we'd love to have you. We still have some spots open for that. Um, it is a marriage cruise, and your kids are invited if you want to bring them. So uh, there's all kinds of different pricing. It's, it can be very affordable for just you and your wife if you just pick the cheapest room. Um, there's still time to sign up for that. And then you just do like monthly. You can sign up for like a monthly um, plan where you just pay it off monthly. So it's not a huge cost up front. Uh, you can find out more about the cruise. It'll be in March 2020 uh, by going to dadtire.com forward slash cruise. And uh, anyway, we'd love to have you be part of that. I'm actually speaking on the DC Talk Cruise in a couple of weeks. I know some of you will be there on that. Looking forward to hanging out with you there. I love cruises. I will do as many of them as I can. Uh, I'm like addicted to cruises. Uh, as much as you can be addicted as a Christian, I don't think that's the right thing to say. Anyway, uh, yeah, deadtire.com forward slash cruise. A couple of weeks ago, um, hanging out with my daughter and my son. We were in Walmart getting some groceries. We were walking all over the store, and my daughter saw a horse. It was like this ride-on horse where it had like batteries, and she can like sit on it, and it moves around or whatever. And she's just begging me for this horse. Daddy, please, can you give me the horse? Please, please, please. And I'm like, absolutely not, baby. It was like, it was really expensive. And uh, I'm like, no, babe, we can't afford that. Uh, I, I don't like things with batteries. Uh, I'm out. Sorry. And she was just begging, 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 you know, how a five-year-old does. Anyway, I kept saying, no, not going to get the horse. Can't get the horse. Um, We get home and we are, go back to our like normal routine. We eat dinner or whatever. We're getting ready to go to bed and we always pray with our kids every night before bed. And uh, so my wife and I are in her room and my daughter says in her prayer, she says, God, thank you so much for a daddy who loves me so much that he's going to buy me that horse. I just want to thank you that you've given me such a good daddy. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm like, this is the best, the most well-played uh, move that a five-year-old could ever put on a parent. Like, like I, how do you trump that? How, like, you're in a weird predicament. Do you let God not answer her prayers? Do you let your daughter down? <laughs> anyway, she just totally tugged at my heartstrings. But the, the funny thing is like, I don't even think she was trying to be manipulative. Um, and if she was, maybe that's just, we've got deeper issues, but uh, it was just a mate. Like she just, she really believed that God gave her a daddy who loves her so much that he's going to figure out a way to uh, get her a horse. So anyway, long story short, of course, I spend the rest of the night Googling horses that kids can ride on that aren't real and that cost a ton of money. And, uh, and I don't like batteries. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to deep research mode on trying to how to figure out how a horse that my daughter can ride, um, that doesn't have batteries and it's still fun and enjoyable. Anyway, I find this company, <laughs> short story, long, long story short here. Um, I find this company called Pony Cycle 
and they make these horses. They're amazing. They, they, they have these right on. They make a bunch of different kind of animals, but the, they got a lot of horses on there um, where you sit on it and the kids can like kind of rock up and down. The other thing is she's, you know, she's five. So a lot of these other ones are made for real little kids. So they have this one uh, where the kids just kind of bounce up and down and it's got wheels, almost like rollerblade wheels on it. And so she's, as she's bouncing up and down, she literally can like go up and down the street. It's like she's riding a real horse. Uh, so I reached out to the company. I told them the story and I'm like, can you please help us out here and make my daughter's dreams come true? If you do, I'll tell the dad tired listeners about it. They'll love it too. Cause we got a bunch of dads who have daughters who want horses as well. Anyway, they sent over a, a horse. It's amazing. My daughter absolutely loves it. She, it's been the talk of the town, uh, on our whole neighborhood. Every kid wants to ride this. And, uh, so anyway, it's been a cool way for us to even mix it up with our neighbors and get to know even more of our neighbors and have them over more as they've been riding this horse around. So, so the company is amazing. It no batteries. It it works better than anything else I could find out there. It looks really good. Super durable. Pony cycle. Um, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes. You can actually just click that link. And the pony cycle. They love the story. They loved. Uh, they've never really partnered with podcasts in the past, but they were excited about the story and just you guys. So they actually hooked you guys up with 10% off. So if you want one and you want to make your daughter's dreams come true and answer her prayers. <laughs> Um, let God be the answer to the prayers through Pony Cycle. Uh, yeah, just click the link in the show notes and that'll link you over to that. They're super cool. I'll post it on my social media later this week so you guys can see what they look like. They're pretty amazing. Um, today we're talking about jobs, um, specifically for guys who are working. I had one of the guys in the dad tired group kind of ask like, what, what do we do when we need to support our family? We need to be the provider of our family and yet we hate our job. Um, so that's one kind of angle that we're going to talk about today. Spend a few minutes talking about the other angle is, uh, what do I do when I'm like trying to pray through, do I feel like God is calling me somewhere else in work? Um, and, or, you know, I've got these dreams on my heart. Is it okay to chase my dreams for work, but I also need to provide like what, where's the line between that? So that's kind of what we want to dive in today. When, when I first saw the question, the first thing that popped in my mind was Layla and I, when we very first got married, this was before we even had kids. We went to a conference over in central Oregon, which is about three hours away from us. We're in Portland. So we drove over. Uh, we did this conference. The conference was awesome, but what was even more awesome is she and I would go back to the hotel room and we would dream together about, we would just spend time dreaming together about like, what do we want our future to look like as five years from now, 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now. And I don't know, nobody encouraged us to do that. Um, I don't remember like going through any kind of exercise and knowing how to do that. Um, I, I really just think it was God's grace on us because that those few days in that hotel and at that conference, again, the conference was, it was totally, it wasn't even about that. It was about something totally separate, but those few days being intentional together with my wife and just asking the questions like, what would we want our life to look like? Where do we feel like God is calling us five years from now, 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now? And obviously the Lord will do whatever he wants to do for, for us and from us and we'll keep our hands open. But if we could just dream based on how God has wired us, what would it look like? What would our lives, what could it look like in, in these year increments? And so we spent some time dreaming and we actually wrote a bunch of stuff down. We still have these papers. And again, the, this time really shaped the way that we even live today. But one of the things that stuck out to us um, that we we talked about even back then was 
we had always said we want to be able to live on one full-time income, whether that be me work full-time or somehow if Layla worked full-time, that's never happened. We were never really planning on Layla working full-time and me not working. Um, I like to work. We feel like God's given me a lot of things and gifts to to be able to contribute. So um, I know that could be a whole nother topic, but essentially what we were saying is either we could both work part-time um, or I could work full-time and she would stay home. But we, we would create a lifestyle and a budget that would sustain us if we just had one full-time job. Um, and and kind of just to put that in like dream terms, one of the things that we said was we would rather live in a trailer and and have very little expenses and spend more time together as a family, especially if we have kids. This was, again, before we had kids. We said, especially if God gives us kids and especially when our kids are young, we want to spend the youngest years uh, for our kids with them as much as we can possibly spend with them and be as intentional and pour as many hours as we can to them for as long as they'll let us have influence in their life, right? There becomes a tipping point in a child's age where you are no longer the primary influencer of their life. And so as long as we are still that primary influencer in their lives, we want to spend as much time pouring into them and discipling them and walking through life with them as possible possible in these really foundational years. So we always said, instead of having a big house, instead of having a mortgage, instead of having cars or stuff, uh, we would set all those things aside so that we can spend more time together as a family and time together. That was for us highest priority. Uh, And we both agreed on that. And that literally has changed, like helped shift uh, the trajectory of our life over the last 10 years of marriage. We have quit jobs uh, because of those decisions that we made back then. We have been okay saying no to opportunities. Uh, we've passed up opportunities that we thought maybe would be really cool, but didn't align with those kind of values that we had set back years ago. Uh, and so I guess where I'm going with this is I think one of the biggest things that you can do to kind of, if you're just thinking about this conversation, like work, jobs, how do I pursue my dreams? What do we do with finances and all that? I would say one of the most important things you can do is to sit down with your wife and to say, okay, what has God called us to in this season of life? What would it look like for us to pursue God right now, to pray and ask God, God, you have brought us together, not just for our enjoyment, but for your glory. And you have brought us together before the foundations of the world. You knew that we would be together again for our good and for your glory. And so what would it look like for us together to be on mission, to pursue your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven in this season? Now, again, it's not, things may change five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, but just for right now, what are the things that you've laid on our heart? And some of us are just living uh, a version of the American dream because that's kind of all we've ever known. Uh, it's very much built into our culture that we go to school, we go to high school. Uh, for some of us, you go to college, you get a job, you buy a house, you have a mortgage, you kind of take on some debts, you do these things and you bust out some kids, you like pay off the debts, you live paycheck to paycheck or whatever. Like you, This is for many of us kind of the system that we just have grown up in and we don't really know otherwise. This is just what's kind of subtly expected of us. But what if you sat down and said, okay, what, what could, what do we actually want our lives to look like? Um, do we value time with our kids more than we value Netflix subscription or more than we value a car payment or more than we even value a mortgage? Could we potentially 
rent a house or could we live in a trailer? I know that for some, like just hearing that, you're like, what, bro, like what? That seems crazy. <laughs> Why in the world would I do that? And listen, I don't live in a trailer. I live in a thousand square foot rental home in Portland. Um, we could probably get a mortgage. That would be twice the cost of our rent, but we've chosen to spend less in this season. We don't have any equity building, which sucks, right? Like I'm watching some of my friends buy homes. They've even had homes before and they've got so much equity. They've been able to turn around and build new homes or buy new homes. And there's part of me that's like, man, that that sucks. Like I wish I could have done that. Uh, but the big part of me is like, I'm, we're spending so much time with our kids at a foundational age that I don't think I'm going to look back on life and regret those decisions that I'm going to be, be able to pour into my wife, into my marriage in the early years of my marriage and into the early years of our, our children's lives. And so, but that's a decision that we made and what we felt God was calling us to early. So that being said, like, what would it, what are the things that you value as a couple? And maybe you just have conversations that seem uh, really uncomfortable and even abnormal because you didn't even know you had permission to ask these kind of questions like, oh, we can live like on less and we can, we can have uh, less of a mortgage or we can even skip out on a mortgage. Um, Bro, there's like, the thing is in the kingdom, there are no real rules when it comes to the American dream. Like you're not set. You don't have to live like everyone around you is living. Uh, you can choose to live differently. And listen, I'm not saying that's for everybody. Some of you may be on mission uh, at your workplaces. Maybe both you and your your wife are working full time. Like I, I, The cool thing is in the kingdom, there's tons of freedom to live out how God is calling you to live. So this is not prescriptive. I'm just saying, what would it look like for you guys to have an intentional conversation to actually write down together what it would look like for you guys to figure out how has God uniquely designed us and what are the things we value most? And does our budget and our current lifestyle match the things that we say we value most? Maybe that's the biggest question. Does your budget, does your current budget and lifestyle match the things that you say matter most? And are there ways to shift? Uh, maybe there are, maybe there aren't, but are there ways to shift? And are there, are there conversations that you can have that you didn't even know you were allowed to have? So that's my, the first thing I'd say. Uh, there was a season of my life where I was like really stressing through like job stuff. I was early on in marriage. I think we had Elijah at the time. He was young and I was really stressing through like, man, what should I work here? Should I do this? Should I pursue this job? And I had a mentor tell me this. I've told you guys this before, but I had a mentor sit down with me as I was kind of processing this stuff with him. And he just said to me, Jared, you're going to have a million job titles in your life. But the thing that you will die, the titles that you will die with are husband, father, and disciple those titles will go with you to the grave. So who cares about your job? Like, yes, whatever, do whatever job you want. But at the end of the day, you are going to die as a husband. You are going to die a father and you are going to die a disciple. Make sure those are the things you are pouring all your energy and intentionality into. And that was huge for me because I really respected the guy. Even in his career, I respected him. So him, for him to say that um, was, again, one of those kind of sh shaping moments where I was like, yeah, what, like, He's right. I'm going to have a billion job titles. Like who cares what I do for work? I'm not going to sit at the end of my life and say, man, I wish I would have pursued this or pursued that. What I'm going to say is I wish I would have pursued my wife more, pursued my kids more, or pursued my relationship with Jesus more. And so that's kind of, again, the freedom uh, that you have as a follower of Jesus, just to say like, okay, jobs come and go, but what doesn't come and go is my marriage. What doesn't come and go are my kids. What doesn't come and go is my relationship with Jesus. These are the things that I need to be pouring out my life into and all my intentionality 
into. Um, some oftentimes as a pastor, I get asked a lot. Um, people will say, "Hey, can you pray for me on this?" Or I'm I'm just confused. I feel like God might be calling me to this job, um, but I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure if it's me or if it's if I'm asking the wrong questions or uh, if it's just my own desires to take this job. And I'm not sure where God would have me. And what I often tell people when they're saying that, like, "What job should I take?" is I'm not sure God cares. And <laughs> that sounds a little harsh, um, but I, I actually mean that exactly as I said it. I'm not sure. God may care. Like, for sure, pursue uh, the Lord on it. Fast, pray, ask your wife, ask some wise people who love the Lord around you. Like, what, what do you think I should do? Absolutely. But I'm just not sure that he does care about what job you take. Um, I think that we often ask smaller questions than Jesus is asking. Um, so for us, here's what I mean by that. For us, we often are asking questions in the span of uh, finite time, meaning I know what my bills are. I know what the next five years are going to look like. And so I'm trying to align jobs based on my bills and my lifestyle and what the next few years of life are going to look like. And so we ask questions within those boundaries and confines. What makes sense? What makes the most sense for me within these boundaries? Time, reality, kids I have, budget, all that stuff. And then we toss our prayers at Jesus and say, hey, can you work within these boundaries and within this frame of helping me make this decision? Is this what you're calling me to do? And I think Jesus asks much bigger questions questions than we ask because he's not confined to the same boundaries that we are. He's not playing in the same sandbox we are. There are no boundaries for him. And so for God, uh, for, for us, what we say is, God, what, what makes most sense for my life? And we, we, we ask that question based on all the circumstances that we are currently in. But for God, what he would say is, what makes most sense for the kingdom, which lasts for eternity? And then when you think through like time and bills and house and all this stuff, it just doesn't seem as big anymore, right? Like when you're, when you're thinking through decisions in the span of eternity, um, I'm not sure God really cares. Like if you work at McDonald's or you work at a Fortune 500 place, if you sweep floors or if you're trading stocks like and everything in between, I'm just not sure God cares uh, because he's not thinking through as much as like bills and the, the, the next five years of your life. What God is thinking through always is his kingdom for eternity. And so the question, instead of asking God, what's your will for my life? The question then becomes, God, what's your will? Do you see the difference there? It's like really big. It's subtle, but it's huge. Instead of asking God, what's your will for my life? Just asking God, what is your will? Like what, what would you, what are you trying to accomplish and how can I be part of that? And the truth is God is most concerned with souls, with hearts and with his kingdom. And it honestly, like if I go take a job down the street at McDonald's and I'm just like flipping burgers and putting fries in the fryer, um, the truth is there are souls there that need Jesus. There are people there that need Jesus and God's kingdom can be made huge at McDonald's. And I think that would bring God's heart much, much joy. And the truth is also I can go take a you know, six figure massive income job working 80 hours a week at some other company. And there, there are humans uh, who desperately need Jesus and God's kingdom can be made really, really big there. And the truth is like at the end of the day, I think that's what God cares about most. His kingdom, his glory, people, 
hearts, hearts turning back to him. And God will use you wherever you go. So here's the thing. You know God has called you to be a husband. He's called you to be a father. And he's called you to be a disciple. You know, based on scripture, this is your mandate as a man. He has called you to these three things. The other things, you have tons of freedom in. Like, dude, if you want to go work, at, if you want to go pursue your dream and go work at this job, like, do it. Ask your wife if she gives you permission and you guys can figure out like ways to do the budget. Don't over-spiritualize it. Like, I'm just not sure God cares whether you go work here or there. Now, financially, that can have some major ramifications. And so that needs to be a decision that you and your wife have together. I'm not just saying like, what I don't want you to do is go home and say, hey, Jared said I can pursue my dreams. So I'm going to become a NASCAR driver. Like... <laughs> Uh, Jared said I could do it, you know, so you just, you need to get on board. This life is short. I'm going to do whatever I want. Uh, go Dale Earnhardt. Uh, I don't even know NASCAR drivers. Is that it's still not Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Is he still, anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know why NASCAR came the first example into my mind. Uh, obviously pursue your wife, uh, and, and talk to your wife about this and, and come, if your wife is not on the same page as you, it's, it's probably not something God is calling you to. So that's the first thing that you should know. It's something that God will give you both clarity and peace upon. Um, but man, you have tons of freedom, dude. Like, uh, we're, for most of us, like we're young. And even if we're not, it's, it's a job, like take it. Um, if it fails, it fails. Like it's not going to fail if you go into with to a new job with the mindset of you're a missionary. So if I'm like, oh, well, I really want to take this job. I think it could be a cool opportunity. Uh, we'll see what happens for my career. Instead of saying, what what's it look like for my career? And instead say, what's it look like for the kingdom? And so I'm going to go take this job. And more importantly than the kingdom, I'm, I mean, more importantly than my career, I'm thinking the kingdom. And I'm just thinking I'm going to be used uh, as the most effective missionary possible at this new workplace. And if it doesn't work out, well, at least you still were used by God, hopefully in some way to draw hearts a little bit closer to Jesus. Uh, and the job is just like a job. It fails, whatever. Like it didn't work out. Um, you have loose hand, like your, your hands are open and you say, all right, well, all right, I move on. Like it's a job. Uh, it's not in the same category as husband, father, and disciple. Uh, it's not in the same category as kingdom stuff. Uh, and so just, man, you have freedom. Just God is asking bigger questions than you're asking. Um, don't come at this with, with a finite thinking. And you are, you are an alien here. You are a sojourner, as Paul would say. This is not your home. And so jobs, man, they come and go. Um, anyway, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit on that, but I, I hope that that makes sense for you. Uh, and, and I hope that that is at least somewhat... Uh, helpful for you. The last thing I would say is this. If it doesn't interfere with you being a husband, uh, a father, or disciple, um, then do just like take it. If you're going to take a job that you really think is going to cause you to take 80 hours a week and pull away from your family and your family's going to suffer, your marriage is going to suffer, your kids are going to suffer because you're pursuing your dreams uh, and they get put on the back burner, your relationship with Jesus is going to be in jeopardy because you're getting yourself in dicey situations, maybe immoral situations or things that don't honor God, then for sure do not take the job. There's not freedom there. But if it doesn't violate the, the mandate for you as a husband, a father, and a disciple, I think Jesus would give you a lot of freedom. And so my advice to you would be don't over-spiritualize it. Don't wait for God to write in the clouds that he wants you to take this job. Just pursue whatever job you want as long as it doesn't violate these three mandates that God's called you to. And instead of thinking through it primarily as a career, think through it as 
you have been sent by God as a missionary. Wherever you woke up today is where God has sent you. Whatever job you have today is where God has sent you. Whatever thing he's put on your heart and job you'll pursue is maybe where God is sending you. But at the end of the day, these are all just pathways and tools to be used by God. The career, the job is not the most important thing as men in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the advancement of his glory is the most important thing. That's the thing that we pursue as followers of Jesus. So use your skill sets, do some personality tests, ask your wife what you're good at, what would be fun for you to do, what it would look like for you guys to live on a different budget. And other than that, man, you have a ton of freedom. Don't over-spiritualize it. Seek first the kingdom of God. And that's the last thing I'll leave you with is Matthew 11, 28 says that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Man, if you're asking God, what should my job would be or should be, you're, you're asking the wrong question. Um, instead, your prayer should be, God, what does it look like for your kingdom to advance in my heart and in the world around me, in my family, in my community, and in my workplace? God, what would it look like? Would you use me by your glory? are by your grace for your glory to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek first your retirement. Don't seek first your job advancement or your career opportunities. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. Keep in mind, that's Jesus talking when he, and he's talking in response to what should I eat today? What should I wear today? He said, don't worry about what you should eat or what you should wear. Put away these like temporary worries and instead seek first the kingdom of God and all this other stuff is going to work itself out. You are called to be a husband. You are called to be a disciple. You are called to be a father. Crush it at those three things. You have tons of freedom with the rest of it. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Dad Tired Podcast today. I hope that episode was helpful for you. Dad Tired is a nonprofit ministry completely supported by the listener. So if you would like to make a contribution, even a few bucks help us a ton. Uh, you can go to dadtired.com forward slash donate and contribute to this ministry. All contributions are tax deductible. Love you guys. Thanks. Thanks.